When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. It is a lot easier to hunt when you are as fast as the guy that the dogs just got a commitment from this weekend. Jake Rowe, welcome back from the beach. Palmer Toms and Jake Roos joining me this evening. I'm Wes Blankenship. We're going to talk about Chauncey Bowens, that running back that the dogs flipped from Florida on a uh, another really big recruiting visit weekend. So a lot of stones to unturn there. We will uh, get into a little bit of a hypothetical. Florida's getting their Netflix treatment. We're going to look at some Georgia storylines that deserve their own documentary series. But there's one catch. You're not allowed to use Stetson Bennett. And we got some Q&A going from the Dogs HQ Twitter profile all day, all Sunday. Y'all been firing off Qs. We'll try to get you some A's. Uh, Guys, let's start with Chauncey Bowens, man. I'm going to try to pull up his huddle right here. When I watch this guy, okay, I'll just tell you, full disclosure, I pull up a lot of these guys' huddles because I want y'all to get a little bit of a context and see what they look like. But me personally, I don't really care until I see them do it in college. That's just how how I've been wired. When I watch this dude, he looks like he's on fast forward and everybody else is at half or normal speed. I I do think that that whole – game speed thing is a real deal i've always i've always you know because there are some dudes like elijah like elijah holyfield right i mean elijah holyfield never looks slow um you know but but you watch him run to 40 he runs like a four eight um but you know you see him bounce the ball out to the edge and nobody ever ran him down and and, and that's something he was good at i think chauncey bowens listen he's a 10 8 800 meter guy i think his personal best maybe a little bit better than that i don't think he ran that well this past year you never know it could be an injury could be you know you ton of different reasons um but you know 1088 is not bad it's fast it's really solid uh but the, that huddle film is is a different uh thing altogether i mean right there it looked like he was just like like he just kind of wound we, up and turned himself we, loose we gotta we gotta contextualize this is uh 1088 at uh 205 pounds I mean, big. this is a the, the, he's this this is a big cat now. This is not this is not some some little scat back running around out here. This this is a dude that can run you over if he needs to. And he looks plenty capable of doing that. But um, no, I love the Bowens film. Palmer asked me yesterday, Ro, and I'm curious when you have seen this film the the comparison you would make. Uh, he he mentioned Elijah as a possibility. To me, the guy, I and mean, I know he's a he's shorter for sure. Although Chauncey Bowens lists himself at six like six one i think six foot probably 
No chance. I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw a little. I think there's, and I'm going back a little here. I'm seeing a little Craig Lumpkin here. Okay. Oh yeah. It's been a long time. It has it's been a long time. Um, I had I never mean, heard that name when we said it. <laughs> oh come on, Palmer. <laughs> I, I mean, Palmer, what year were you born again? Ninety-nine. Yeah. I mean, you were you were five six years old when Craig Lumpkin was patrolling the sidelines for the first time for the Bulldogs. I mean, his Craig Lumpkin's freshman year was 2003. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, Palmer, I think Palmer brought it up on the board. Another guy came up was, was Zamir White. Mm-hmm. Um, the high school films aren't really that, that you know, thing, but I, I look at his balance and kind of some of the ways that, oh, yeah, they got him. No, they don't type things. Uh, you know, I think he kind of reminds me of him a little bit there. Um, a post ACL Zamir there. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, just I mean, that's really the only you know Zamir that folks ever got to see. That's the only Zamir folks got to see in Athens. I mean, this high school state was just next level. Um, but he, I don't know. I like him. He's a really good back. And Georgia, listen, this isn't some new deal for Georgia. I mean, this isn't some like, oh man, we we just started to like Chauncey Bowens. They've been on him for a good little while now. They've been trying really hard to flip him for Florida. And if you're wondering whether or not they'll take Nate Frazier, don't because Nate Frazier's still a take. All right, Nate Frazier, and and as as uh, Lloyd McDonald at Atkinson County High School used to say, all five five, 120 pounds of my head football coach. <laughs> uh, I mean, this Lou Holtz would look like Andre the Giant next to my head football coach. Um, he's a boy dog. That's Nate Frazier. Uh, Nate Frazier is the class of this class when it comes to running backs, and and Georgia is still all over him. So. Uh, yeah, this was bad news for Florida. And I, I mean, things are just things aren't going right in a, a very large scale there. Um, I don't know that there's a lot of people who have a lot of hope uh, for what this season holds for them either. Uh, they got DJ Lagway, who's a tremendous talent at quarterback. But Bowens was one of the centerpieces of that class for them. And for Georgia to swoop in and take him is a blow. And listen, uh, one of the key things, and I'll, I'm putting this in some notes for tomorrow, uh, Florida's not going away. Okay, and I think one of the key things for Bowens was looking at the uh, proven production of Georgia versus the rebuild uh, in Gainesville. And so, you know, Florida could potentially, I think, over the course of its season, play itself back into some relevance with this one. Uh, I know he's solidly committed and I, I believe that. And like I said, I think Florida will struggle this year. But if Florida plays well, I think that's going to make this an interesting one. But right now, listen, Georgia uh, with a tremendous ad and a guy that they stayed on for a long, long time, and it paid off. And I, Georgia looking for looking for three in this class. Uh, like you said, don't worry about the Frazier thing. I think Christian Clark's still a name to keep on your board as well. Um, to me, those are the guys that you want to watch at this running back spot. Um, but Chauncey Bowens was a dude that they had circled from the jump and uh, kept on it. Well, yeah. and I, I think I think as you look at the two running backs that they've gotten and the ones that they're looking at adding, it really covers a, a wide variety, a, a big spectrum of, of skill sets. I mean, you know, you've, you've got a power back, you've got a speed back, you've got, you know, the, the do it all kind of guys. Um, and, and I think that if you're going to take three running backs like Georgia's interested in, uh, you know, you, you want to have different skill sets represented. Uh, I'll tell you this too. Del McGee's heard the slander. All right, yeah. that dude. That dude heard heard y'all talking on the message board, and he's coming with he's coming with a vengeance in twenty twenty three. 
Um, like I said, pulling off the flip of Bowens. People have underrated the Dwight Phillips pickup since it happened just because he's a quiet guy and he doesn't do a ton of media and he didn't really take a lot of visits and he wasn't a guy who was just playing the game. But that's a special cat, man. I mean, can fly when it comes to uh, the field. So you got a game breaker in him, and uh, Bowens is a, a total package as well. And and one thing I want to add here too is um, I saw some social media comments about this. Uh, you know, the whole Phillips pickup, right? I, no, I don't necessarily see him as like, oh yeah, George is going to move him to slot receiver. I don't see that. But jet sweeps, um, lining them up on the wing, yeah, um, those little uh, those um, you know fake handoff end around type deals, those those decoy quick screen, bubble screen, all of that is is where he kind of fits in. I don't necessarily see him as a slot receiver. John C. Bones is kind of more your your grinder, pounder, every down back. Um, and I will I will say, you know, in terms of Nate Frazier, let's say Georgia, who, you know, they had him on campus this weekend too for an unofficial visit, and we've got some intel on that over at Dogs HQ if you want to come over. But let's say Georgia does get him. Is it – I fully believe that Georgia has been very upfront and honest, Dell McGee especially, with Chauncey Bowens in that, hey, listen, we're going to go for one more back in this class. I don't think you'll be shocked. Now, will, over the course of the process, another team be able to hammer that point home if they're able to talk to him consistently and say, hey, they're bringing in three backs. You want to be the lead back in our class or do you want to be one of three in another class? Um, that, that might get to him down the road. But as of right now, this is kind of like you know. Uh, this is kind of like detention, and uh, the the dude that was the dudes. Let me have those chips off the corner of your desk, type thing. Like Georgia just kind of took them, took them off of them real quick, and said, "Hey, well, give we're me that. Take that guy from you. Um, we know you want. <laughs> give me that. <laughs> yeah. those, those Doritos. I know you were looking forward to them. But you get you're getting those hot, flaming hot Cheetos shook out on the notebook paper, brother. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Oh man, that's a high school teaching reference. If you, it's, oh man, those, somehow those they get just good. stuck everywhere, like in your notes, in your backpack. <laughs> it's insane how those little crumbs find their ways everywhere. Um, I know y'all probably seen this clip, but I'm going to play it. If you haven't, this is uh, Chauncey committing with all of his dog buddies right here on this big visit that we'll get to in a moment. I, th- I thought we had some sound. <laughs> For the can you not hear it? At home. No, I cannot hear it, no. All right, well. But I will say this, uh, NICAR, uh, credit to NICAR on posting that. Unlike uh, unlike some folks, we're not going to post that like it's our home. <laughs> no, we weren't there We weren't there filming it. That wasn't Palmer. I wish uh, we could. I wish we would. We could have been. That would, I would have taken the opportunity. We'd have some good, hey, listen, we'd have some good stuff for you over <laughs> Was NICAR in town? I mean, no, he was not. I confirmed with okay, him. Yeah, that he I was. was not. I was yeah, trying to figure that to him, out. and that's how it got he to us. He was there last weekend, but uh, that clearly got sent to him. So somebody okay. sent it to Nikar with express written consent of Major League Baseball. <laughs> so the the clip in question is uh, Chauncey Bowen standing in an all white Georgia uniform, holding a microphone like he's about to throw down a like a freestyle or something. But Ryan Puglisi and <laughs> Everyone that's that was on this visit, it looks like KJ Bolden in there, I believe. Uh, Chauncey just says, Hey, I'm a hundred percent committed, and there's a bunch of barking, a bunch of dancing, and a bunch of celebrations. So, a bunch I don't of know players if you want to read too much uniforms. into it, but if you want to look at who is celebrating around him, 
who may or may not already be publicly committed, there are a lot of happy campers in that video. So yeah, there, there, I mean, if you're a, if you're a um, if you're the type of person that has the uh, the Georgia plane bookmarked on your uh, on your desktop, then you probably also look closely enough at that video and uh, see kind of who's who's celebrating and try to read a lot into that. Another thing you'll see in that video is a lot of uniforms you'll never, especially combinations of uniforms you'll never see on Saturday for whatever reason. You'll just Red never pants, see. hell no. Black pants, yeah. no way. Hey, Is man, that confirmed? That, Have we confirmed that? Who knows? Who knows? Well, I, I, I'm holding I, on. I'm I holding would on. like to see. Nah. I know we never will. I would like to see those those uniforms that Georgia started the 2020 season with again at some point. Oh, I like those a lot. I love I mean, those. I love them. Even, even even if you wanted to just you know go with the you know normal white jersey and and the red pants that they're wearing, um, you know it, it gives hints of what they wore, not the you know traditional throwback, but yeah, the same concept. We got a we got a question over here, uh, Ro. Uh, I'll, I've got a thought on it, but I'll throw it to you too. Dwight Phillips comparison. Um, you say Tomahawk well, Dog says James Cook, but faster. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that's probably fair. Um, I thought uh, about yeah. I thought about Keith too. Yeah, Keith Marshall would probably. I mean, Keith Marshall's a big cat though. You know, yeah. and that was Keith Marshall was a big dude, and you know the, the sad thing about Keith Marshall is, man, before he got hurt, I don't know if folks remember in that twenty what was it, the 2013 seasons when he got hurt, he had a touchdown against Clemson in game one where he where he hit a cat at the five and just carried him into the end zone, like five yards into the end zone. Keith was a strong back. He wasn't he didn't have the best balance in the world, but he was a big play waiting to happen, and that injury kind of took him out. But um, he did have really good hands. He adjusted really well to the ball in the air. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I, th- I think Dwight – I think the uh, the James Cook deal is probably – I think he may also be end up being a little bit bigger than James Cook. That was something that kind of yeah. plagued him is he just could never do like his brother. He could never kind of fill out and get up to about 205, 210 pounds. Um, and, and, you know, there there was a couple seasons there where folks – I had somebody tell me this about a year ago. There were a couple seasons there where James Cook, a freshman sophomore, was playing at under 180 pounds. Um, yeah. And, and – Listed it. Listed at 181 coming in. Yeah, and and there were I think he played at like 175, 176. You know, I, I don't know. You know, chicken nuggets here, a, a pub sub <laughs> there. Um, you know, since he's from Florida, uh, you know, he may have been a little heavier or lighter than that at some point. But 175 pounds in the SEC, everybody's like, well, why does James Cook's not getting the ball more? Well, first of all, he was deemed up for those first couple years. Second of all, he was 175 pounds. Yeah, he could so, get killed. So- yeah. So then the question is, do we think Dwight Phillips is going to come in bigger than that? Because he's currently listed at 5'11", 167. Hope so. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll probably – my guess would be that he would start his career at a similar weight as James Cook. But um, Cook now listed he, at 190 for what but it's you're, But you're, you're talking about a guy who significantly more explosive just in terms of like give him a crease and let him go probably a gadget guy really early in his career for for year one good returner that would be a cool returner to watch yeah if you really want to know a guy that i'd compare him to maybe miko hardman oh i like that just not necessarily from a pure wide receiver standpoint slot receiver but in terms of the gadget stuff that miko Mm -hmm. did maybe that yep miko listed at 87. This kid's a savant with the fire. Yeah, he's, he's this, I mean, all it takes is Google. That first syllable rolled out your mouth, and he had it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
obviously Bowen's stealing the show, but a lot of other things going on this weekend. Um, Jaden Riddell there, Ryan Puglisi, holding your breath that they don't, you know, get injured. I would, I would, fall down. I would absolutely shred an ACL on the way down from that. Did you, did you see the Caleb Odom video from Florida? I did, I did. Oh boy, that. That yeah, that looked like that looked like wide. Jake Rowe. That looked like Jake Rowe bursting out of some double doors. Well. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! It's torn again. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I told you that ACL was gone. Look at this guy. Oh my I told god! You, I told you, Del McGee heard your slander, man. Del McGee is ready to come back with it. I mean, if you guys haven't seen Silo on Apple Apple TV, uh, Del McGee's looking like some common right there. He's looking oh, like that. Yeah, he's got the common yeah. beard. Look, he's got some common vibes right there. Nitro Tuggle. Dude. Still the best name in any Dude. recruiting class ever. A guy who's going to – I think he's going to finish well above the – I'll the tell you what, level. man. I was talking to somebody this weekend, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure – it's one of these things I should probably save and talk about on the board, but, hell, it's my first show back, so I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. I talked to some guys on the board. I mean, not. I talked to some guys this week, and who told me that they think Nitro Tuggle, Georgia's after some five-star dudes. Obviously, uh, Ryan Wingo, Mike uh, Mike Matthews. They think Nitro Tuggle is just as good or better than those guys. Now, I don't think they're not going to put him in the JJ Smith category or the 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 kid from Texas yeah. or even the kid from Phoenix City. Uh, the Ryan Cam, Cam uh, Coleman. Yeah, Cam Coleman. But in terms of the other guys, he is right there as far as they're concerned. I'm a big with, believer. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, I, with the likes I, of Wingo. And, I think that he's – I think his junior tape was as good as Tyler Williams's junior tape. And I think he's going to refine his game at IMG this season, and it's going to be even better. How about this dude, Mike Matthews from Parkview? One Don't of those uh, cursed Gwinnett County football players. <laughs> Don't feel good. Still don't feel good. I, I think Georgia is probably in a better spot coming off of this trip, but I still think uh, you're looking at USC. You're looking at Tennessee probably more heavily for Mike Matthews. Um, it just kind of is what it is with him. I, I think that Georgia's not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. And listen, they would welcome him with open arms. I think he's a yeah. special, special talent. Um, I think that he's in that tier uh, where we're talking about with guys like JJ and, and Mike Hudson. Um, but I, I still – I've yet to hear anything, and, and that doesn't mean that I won't between the next time this show's on the air uh, or even tomorrow morning and uh, putting out some notes that will change that. I just really haven't gotten a feel that Georgia's uh, the team to beat for Mike Matthews at all. And when I said what I said a minute ago about Nitro Tuggle, that was not like a, a to diminish anything about Ryan Wingo, who I think is tremendously talented, just really raw – and Mike Matthews, who is a big-time basketball player and is probably a – you know, I mean, he's a freak athlete. That's just how much they think of of Niterion Tuggle, Nitro Tuggle. I mean, he is – he's a big-time player. And, you know, people uh, – you know, Doc Scrange, our guy on the board who uh, has been around these message board streets for a long, long time, he had a really good point when Nitro Tuggle committed. You know, he's from South Bend, Indiana. And he said, it's the kind of dude that signs with Purdue and has 1,700 yards receiving yeah. as a sophomore. Yes. Uh, that's the kind of, you know, the kind of guy that, you know, and, and we've seen it happen before. Uh, so, you know, some of those, some of those uh, like Minnesota with Rashad Bateman. I mean, obviously he came from out of Georgia's backyard and that was a miss eval there. Um, but, but, you know, Niterion Tuggle, Nitro Tuggle is one of the, 
you know, steals of this class to me. And and we'll see. We'll see if I'm right because we don't have to wait till he gets to college. We'll find out real quick at IMG because if he and just I- gets shut down there, then, you know, we're probably looking at a guy that I was – I mean, I was wrong on and it won't be the first. Yeah, he's going to be going against Ellis Robinson down there, so you're going to learn a lot about the dude. And then also, too, what I say uh, to people is, you know, everybody's star watching in this class. This is a super deep wide receiver class in, in 2024. Um, so I, I love the three guys Georgia has committed. Nykar gets written off a lot as well, but is a really, really talented player. And I've been told by everybody who's had any input on him that uh, that Sokovi White is a guy Georgia loves, man. Yeah, this is Sokovi White. Um, Mike Matthews and Nitro in this picture here. Sokovi <laughs> White's buying the beer. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Terry <laughs> Tuggle might take the beer if he's wearing that thing when he goes in. <laughs> That's a well, on the, on the topic of, of underrated receivers, and, and this is somebody that included Georgia in their list of top schools, and there's been some talk about him on the board. Amari Jefferson, you can't convince me mm-hmm. that there's 45 receivers in the country better than him. Tremendous player. I, I love Amari Jefferson. And and listen, Alabama does too. Uh, Tennessee does as well. Uh, Georgia does also. I, he's a, a fantastic player. And I think a guy Georgia, again, would welcome uh, pretty pretty early on. And also, too, we got pulled up on the screen right here. Let's not forget, Georgia likes to lean toward those tight ends basically as receivers in a lot of cases. Uh, Jaden Riddell and Colton Heinrich, two guys that they feel can absolutely get it done at that position as well. Yeah, Todd Hartley right here is about to uh... – Lurking. Tell you to sleep with the fishes if he doesn't get his money. He's very organized. <laughs> um, before we move on to the tight ends, though, with all this buzz we've had around these receivers that Georgia will or won't get, you know, it seems like to me anyway, this receiving class in 2024 could be the class of receivers that truly does, either, you know, whether, whether it's this year or next year or two years from now puts Georgia on the map as a school that can actually do something with really talented wide receivers when they get on campus, because year in and year out, you know, you see guys pick USC, like you said, Bruce, when it comes to Mike Matthews or Ohio state, it's just like, ah, oh, you just kind of, it's an afterthought. Georgia's an afterthought because USC and Ohio state are just going to get the better receivers. But I wonder if, you know, nitro tuggle, Nicar and these dudes can't prove to everybody in college football, the dogs can play that game too. I'll go a step further, and I think it could be the class of 23. And and this receiver room that they've got, you know, that'll be taking the field this fall. I mean, you know, and and those guys may not be major contributors in year one, but, you know, the the group of Tyler Williams, Anthony Evans, and Yazid Haynes, I mean, you know, a lot of good buzz about those guys as freshmen and, and, you know, looked impressive when we were able to see them and, and Bruce, I know you're high on them. And, you know, mm-hmm. so, so I, I think that it, yes, you're right, Wes, this this class of 24, they've got some, you know, some really good receivers in that group. And, you know, again, Sokovi white is the, the lowest rated of them, but he's somebody that we hear a lot of buzz about nitro tuggle that we've talked about in Nicar, uh, you know, borderline, you know, high four borderline five-star kind of player that that class of 23, isn't a bunch of slouches either. No, and I, you know, I think too, uh, what you have to consider here is, guy, there are guys out there, 
I, uh, and I'm not naming names because I, I think that they're doing what's in their best interest, but there are guys out there that are going to want touches. There are guys out there who are going to want numbers and they're going to want stats and they're going to do that. George is not probably the place that's going to have uh, two 1,000 yard receivers in a season. Like I believe Washington is returning this season. Um, they're Hell, not Georgia going... hasn't had one since Georgia hasn't had one since Terrence Edwards did it, and uh, that was the lone one in program history. Georgia spread it spreads the ball out a lot. Uh, a lot of guys get touches in this offense, and so if that's what you're thinking and that's what you're concerned about, then it makes sense to go somewhere else. And I've made this point as well. If you're going to play, if you're going to play for a wide receiver coach, Brian Hartline is the dude right now. I mean, it's it's been proven time and time again. The numbers are there. The draft pick is there. I mean, it, it continues to be the case. It's like linebackers coming to play for Glenn Schumer. Sorry, guys, but you can't get it at every single position. What you have with Georgia, though, I think, in Brian McClendon's first class, is a tremendous set, like Palmer uh, mentioned. And then in 2024, you're building an elite class, in my opinion, as well. Um, I, like I said, I think Tuggles uh, bump, due for a bump. I think Nykar is going to get a bump or at least stay where he is, which is a top 100 player. And then you've got uh, another guy in Sokovi White who they really like. So, you know, you go out and add another piece to this. I think that they're tracking right under Brian McClendon, who's only had a year to show what he can do in Athens. I'm going to so like scroll through these really quick. Any thoughts on uh, Fletcher Westfall or – Ethan Callaway before we get to this dude I right heard, here. I haven't heard on Callaway just yet, um, but I know that that's a guy Georgia likes a lot and would be a huge pull for them uh, given that he's in North Carolina close by. Um, I think it's a tremendous player on the offensive line. Westfall's a guy that really has my attention as well. Um, I think that, you know, Georgia, Clemson, he's got an official visit said to Arkansas in there. Um, but he's a he's a kind of a cage guy, really polished in his interviews. His family's done a great job of handling media, and um, I, I commend them for that. But, you know, Georgia, I think, has, has positioned themselves well with uh, probably both of these guys. I mean, Callaway, as far as I'm aware, I don't think I'm missing another visit, came to Athens one time, and on the back of it set the official visit. So that's always a great sign when that happens. Yeah, great sign. And Tomahawk Dog asking if UGA is doing a 3D show and recruiting. I think those Probably. glasses. You just get to watch the Stone Mountain Laser show. That's right. <laughs> that midnight train to Georgia. <laughs> those are two, like, those are two just prototype tackles, too. I mean, both of them right around 6'7", six, 6'. Six, uh, I think Westfall maybe even closer to 6'8". Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just, just freak show, big dudes. One thing I want to add on the receiver thing, since Terrence Edwards – Bad luck has also factored into Georgia's situation. A.J. Green misses four games with 848 yards receiving. A.J. Green misses three games the year before that with a separated shoulder. Um, with and A.J. Green yards. played on Mark Rick's worst team ever. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Malcolm Mitchell, um, you know, getting hurt in 2013, celebrating a touchdown with Todd Gurley. Uh, you started the previous season at cornerback because Georgia was short on cornerbacks. That wasn't bad luck, roster issues, whatever. Um, and then, uh, I mean, you he, he couldn't stay healthy after that. I mean, he was a guy that had the potential to do those types of things. I mean, you've seen it over George Pickens uh, George in Pickens. the season that we all thought he was going to have um, there in 2021. Um, you know, tears his ACL during uh, 
preseason or during spring practice. So, I mean, there's also been some poor luck in there. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, it may, you know, it may give a Tennessee fan a bragging right or two on Twitter. Uh, but at the end of the day, also George Pickens got drafted higher than Jalen Hyatt or uh, Cedric Tillman and Georgia's well, two national championships. Well, and I've told people this too, that people say, how can Georgia continue to kind of fall with this thing? Like this whole idea of, you know, being recruited against Georgia has been for the last 10 to 15 years pointing to AJ green as the heralded guy at the wide receiver spot when he was in college. Then when he went to the pros, all right, Georgia does not have another guy who's gone to the pros and produced in the way that AJ green has. So they've been riding on the AJ green thing for like 15 years. George Pickens has a chance to change that narrative, as to some of these other guys. I think coming along, listen, what a story it's going to be, and I, I, I might save that for later, but I won't actually. Lad McConkey might be one of those dudes who's able to kind of change that narrative up, man. I mean, go go a little higher in the draft than people think that he can. Go out and produce. That's all he's done throughout his career. You know, Georgia, I think right now is in the process of reshaping the wide receiver room. But the production hasn't been there just yet. They need more time for those seeds to grow. You you missed the lad show on Wednesday. Yeah, we had a big lad show on Wednesday. Palmer <laughs> and I rocked it. Uh, here's the main event from the weekend: KJ Bolden, Jalen Hayward, and Edric Houston. KJ Bolden seems like he came out of this really enjoying his latest trip to Athens. Yeah, get over to Dogs HQ and check it out. I'm not going to give all that up. Yeah, Come we can't now. give that I mean, away. I'm just what letting I will say, What I will it. say is, since it's in the headline, mm-hmm. his his father rated it an A-plus visit uh, to Chad Simmons. Uh, so that's huge. And uh, Bolden, one of those – a, a freaking dude, man. Uh, a guy Georgia has wanted this whole time. They love him. Uh, and I feel really good about where they stand right now. Jalen Hayward? Jalen Hayward uh, in with Georgia, uh, Florida and Miami are going to continue to push and, you know, that's home state for him. So I get it. He's going to uh, feel that throughout this thing, but I I like where Georgia is with him right now. You know, he's a, he's a guy who seems like he's where he wants to be. And then uh, the other Buford guy, Edric Houston, I think it hasn't been much of a secret on this show. Georgia may be on the outside looking in there. That's how I feel. Uh, Ohio State, I feel like, is the team to beat right there. Uh, Houston, one of those guys that seems like he wants to get out of state. But, hey, you know, I mean, it is what it is. You're not going to land them all. And um, I I don't think Georgia hurt itself. I just didn't hear anything that made me think that, uh, you know, I should rethink the Ohio State pick. Palmer, great job getting all these picks together and uh, getting all the captions lined up. This photo of Georgia commits right here that were in town just on this visit alone. Pretty scary for a lot of other teams. Colton Heinrich, Jalen Hayward, Jaden Riddell, Malagai Tolliver, Ryan Puglisi, Nitro Tuggle, Sokovi White, and the newest one, Chauncey Bowens. Yeah. Look at Hayward there. I mean, just like, do you know who we are? Kind of got that look about him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't Ryan, you here Ryan yet? Puglisi also cool as a cucumber, man. Yeah, he looks like – let me pull him back up here. Nonplussed is the word I would go with. He's like, all right, when are we going to eat at Bones? <laughs> Tired of all these photos. What, what, cracks me up, what cracks me up is when these guys are changing outfits completely um, because I believe – scroll up a little bit and Jalen Hayward is wearing red uniform. Oh, uh, yeah, no, they're they're there. all in different stuff. Yeah. So. A little costume change. Not wrong with the costume change. 
Hey, listen, soak in the red uni while you got, or soak in these uni combos while you got it, man. I yeah. Mean, like, like Rose said, you're never going to get to do it again. So, nope. Oh, you get that, is, hey, you who's that cat second from the uh, left up top? That's Jalen Hayward. Yeah, man. <laughs> Tell you what. He's got, he, yeah, man. He knows what's up. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he does. I like Nitro. I like what, what, one of the things <laughs> I like about Nitro Tuggle is I feel like I very rarely in photos see his face. Like he's always got his hand in front of his face. He was wearing the ski mask in one of them. Like he's kind of got this like mysterious aura about him. Which yeah, he's got goes, some mystique. And his name's Nitro Tuggle. So I mean, it's like a he's got some great marketing. Colton Heinrich is, looks is like that really AJ Green arcade shooter. In, in <laughs> what is it really AJ Green? Is he just covering up his face enough that we can't tell who he really is? Yeah. <laughs> might be, might be AJ. Never know. It could be uh it could be Montego Powers. Oh boy. Yeah. If you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. <Come on. laughs> I don't know if the, the have you guys ever heard the legend of Montego Powers? Yeah. You should look it up. It's a uh one year, dude, people bit it hook, line, and sinker back at the back in the old days of the dog vent. I'm gonna give them a little advertisement here. Back in Steve Patterson's dog vent, um <laughs> it came up one day on signing day. Montego Powers is still out there. We, I think he's going to mail in his uh, – who is Montego Powers? And it got around, and it took off a little bit. And, uh, I mean, I'd say probably about an hour or so it was serious. And then folks realized that, oh, man, this guy didn't even have a profile. Uh, <laughs> but, honestly, back in those days – Oh, there was dudes like that. Yeah. Dude, I remember Geno Atkins. Geno Atkins, all right, one of the greatest three techs in NFL history. Probably an NFL Hall of Famer. Nobody knew who he was. Uh, nobody, as far as recruiting sites, knew who he was 10, 14, maybe three weeks before National Signing Day at a St. Thomas. It's not like he played in some underground high school. He played at St. Thomas Aquinas, all right, the same high school that Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint played at. I did not know that about Gina. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and they had a load of prospects. But, uh, yeah, Georgia was looking for defensive linemen and – um, I think Georgia and Auburn and maybe another couple of schools got in there very late and they got him, but uh, he didn't, he didn't have a profile. He wasn't on anybody's radar. I mean, that's just kind of how that one went. So, you know, the, back in those days that could, could happen, but yeah, the Montego powers thing lasted maybe an hour or two um, on national signing day or the night before national signing day or something like that. It was pretty fun. Speaking that's of being legendary. on the I wonder if it could work today. <laughs> Something tells me that someone would still fall for it. Not a chance. Um, breaking tea is always working for us. You have so many options, and I tell y'all time and time again, and I'm yet to hear from anyone that's actually gotten one of these shirts other than Jake Rowe, but I know y'all are out there. So the next got time you get one. a new Georgia shirt, make sure it's from Breaking Tea, and send us a picture of what you got from Breaking Tea. So we can tell the world about it and let people know that these these t-shirts rock, man. This that one's mailman, quick. That mailman shirt over to the right of that one. Uh, my buddy, uh, my good friend Chris Irvin and listener of the podcast and the uh, and doesn't watch the live show, but he listens to the podcast when it comes out. He uh, he was wearing that one this week. So uh, while we we're at the beach, so, if it's uh, anything like my master's polo, I'll be wearing it on the Georgia show in twenty twenty five. So, <laughs> all right. You guys want to Venmo me? Whenever you can get it, never too late. <laughs> hey, did did they get rid of the uh, the the Georgia dog shirts? 
or uh, Philly Dog shirts. I didn't yeah, see, I that see them. Did did we get one of a kind shirts? I don't wear them. That must have been a limited time deal. Oh wow. We may be getting sued. <laughs> <laughs> We've got breaking tees back. Yeah. <laughs> every every way but financially, of course. I mean, you're on your own financially, but we will moral support out the wazoo. We love breaking tea, so go. We do. Go we love those guys. Um, all right, y'all. This Florida Gators Netflix documentary, I can't wait to watch it. I know there's going to be some clips in there at Georgia's expense just because Florida was a bulldozer and Georgia just happened to be in the way. But uh, I'm wondering here, you know, every everyone's getting the Netflix treatment, the documentary treatment. What's the Georgia storyline that y'all would love to see get that deep dive, whether it's a hour and a half or maybe like a four or five episode thing? But you can't say Stetson Bennett because that's obvious. That's low-hanging fruit, and uh, it, it's everyone knows about it. It's a little bit tired. Is there a story out there that y'all would love to see, whether from way back in the day or modern day times. I'll get us started. I think the uh, Buttsmere or the the Wally Butts and Bear Bryant point shaving scandal deserves to be told. That's something that people don't really talk about much. But if it happened today, think about how crazy everyone went with the Alabama baseball gambling scandal. If that happened today, it would be bonkers, man. People would lose their minds. It would be front page news. It would be on Sports Center every single day. But no one hardly talks about it anymore, and no one really knows what happens still. So I'd love to see that one. Wasn't the the whole crux of that? Wasn't it that um, Wally Butts basically called or gave Bear Bryant some? I I thought there was I didn't know it was point shaving. I thought there was like a he gave him a playbook or or something. Yeah, he told him he told him like the plays that they were going to run. And okay. a newspaper reporter allegedly heard the whole thing happen. Oh, okay. Happened to overhear so this, it. This is why we need the documentary, so that so that we can learn about it. Been lost to the same. Jason, Butt told, me, Jason Butt told me about this years ago, um, and I think Dave McMahon may have been the one to tell him. So, uh, uh, yeah, that, that would be a good one. Um, I would go with uh, – and it's not really a, a long-term thing like that, but – the ins and the outs of the Todd Gurley thing. Um, and, you know, kind of like, you know, for the, cause of the way I've, you know, I listen, I've heard people be like, you know, I've heard people um, and people kind of close to the situation. Right. I've heard people say, well, Georgia completely mishandled that. And then I've heard other people close to the situation say they had us, they had us by our, by the, by the gonads, you know, that, that they had us and uh, they had it on video. And that's the way that was. And I would love to know kind of the, the ins and outs of that because, you know, it was a Florida fan from up in Rome, Georgia, who kind of made the whole thing happen. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, probably maybe a little limited series, a little four 30-minute episodes type deal, that could that could wet the beat for me. Uh, I was going to say, uh, in a recent sense, I think the story of Jordan Davis is a really compelling one because he kind of went from like an unknown dude – lightly recruited to like one of the most beloved sons of Athens. I mean, doing the band thing and, you know, I mean, just was a huge part of it and uh, everybody loved him, but also too, I would really love to see one on the 08 team um, that the sugar or the 07 team. I'm sorry, the, the sugar bowl. Yeah. Team. 
um, uh, to see those guys and to hear their thoughts about, you know, especially like if the playoff had existed at that time, good Lord, man. I, that, that was a team that was catching fire at the right time and just had some stumbles, man. And, uh, but some tremendous talent on that team, some guys who went on to have fantastic careers. Uh, I'd love to see a, a little something with those guys. I think that they could provide some really cool insight into what that year was. And, you know, I, I'd love to hear them talk about taking the aggression out on uh, Hawaii. I want a documentary on, documentary on the man, the myth, the legend, Claude Felton. <laughs> <laughs> Good pick. He would have to sign off on that, and I think that would be pretty hard. Yeah, the, the you know what the name of it would be, right? You know, <laughs> documentary. Last question. Yeah. <laughs> Last, Last question. question. No, the no, no, no live, live streaming. streaming. <laughs> yep. No uh, live streaming. You can that, also that is a doc, that documentary would take. I mean, that there would be as many episodes as there were in in Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you could probably also make a pretty good one on uh, Ron Corson. I mean, I think he's healed more ACLs for I mean, Dr. James Andrews gets all the the buzz, but Ron Corson's put some dogs back on the field that I never thought I'd see contribute the way they did. Zamir White, um tearing two of them. I mean, it's just that's the first one that comes to mind, but I tell you, the one that might be the most entertaining though is if they did a, a documentary on John Fabris, because you want to oh talk about God. an insane person, okay? Um, I, listen, I thought he did a fantastic job with Georgia's edge rushers while he was there. He recruited AJ Green. He wasn't a big time recruiter. Listen, I stood up on a stump one time outside of while I was in school at Georgia and tried to peer up over the fence and watch a little practice one time. And he saw my ample forehead above that uh, above that uh, fence, and he came at me like a screaming banshee. I mean, it was just full speed cursing me, saying, "I, I think he just said them all in a row." Like, <laughs> I had them memorized. Um, he did the George Carlin stand-up routine, yeah, bro. I mean, just just so, came at me so fast. And so I honestly, I was like, "Man, this this old this old man covered some ground quick." Um, so, and, uh, but yeah, he was, he was something else. So what you're telling me is Miami is not the first time you've been run away from a Georgia football practice. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Davis would be a good, a compelling story as well. Uh, lightly yeah. guy who went on to have a hall of fame NFL career. Yeah. You could do a bunch of one-off like one people ones like David yeah. Pollock would be another one. Um, you know, the whole David Pollock deal where, uh, you know, recruited as a fullback. And, um, you know, a lot of folks don't realize, you know, Pollock was moved from defensive tackle I to defensive end you could, from uh, year you one could, to year two. You could read that in uh, The Road to Georgia, uh, incredible twists and improbable turns. on The, the chapter on Pollock is pretty good. <laughs> um, uh, very recently. You should, have interviewed, you should have interviewed me for that. And I would have, I could have told you my David Pollock story about going on the recruiting trip for the Tennessee game and how I got up there David, and I was like, George is recruiting this guy. They're going David, nowhere. David, David Pollock gave <laughs> me the greatest quote ever for that one, which he was like, he was like, yeah, nobody was looking at me yet because my nuts hadn't dropped. <laughs> I, think he, I think he said I was looking around the locker room. I didn't even, he's like, I didn't even have hair on my balls. <laughs> Um, 
Did you the know him? Fabris, man. He was like six Terry foot five, him. but Terry probably weighed about 160 pounds. Like he, he looked like Clint Eastwood, but like stretched out like a <laughs> stretch Armstrong. He was terrifying. And he had like these spindly arms and legs, but moved around like a almost like a mythical creature, man. He was yeah, a scary slender dude. man. The slender, slender man. man, yes. Yeah, that's it. And I went to a uh, camp, just like a kid's Mark Rick camp, not like a you're a recruit we care about camp. And he was still cussing at all these kids, man. And they were like <laughs> 12 and 13 years old. Their mom and dad just paid him to go there and get an autographed T-shirt. And he's just dropping F-bombs at him. But uh, I, I will say, I went to the Waffle House that used to be at Five Points, RIP. Rest in peace, yeah. And I saw now, him now uh, getting with pretty good wings, though. Get out! Get out of here, you, Palmer! You, you, God, slander, man! That Waffle House never that deserved best, to leave. It was the best Waffle House in Athens. It's it was. I, it's it's a good thing that there there wasn't a Waffle House there because I would have abused that living, just you know, less than half a mile away. You got that weird one over there by the shell. I know, but I'm saying while I was in school, which is the, which is the less than superior Waffle House. You live closer. You live closer to the one over by Shell now than you live would have lived to that one. I know, but I wasn't uh, underage. And I, pro- I promise you that one on on uh, that one was much cleaner. We're getting real close to Docs and Palmer here. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're in trouble, man. Hey, did anyway, you David and Colin, home, David I saw John Fabris getting High breakfast school? with his granddaughter one morning when I was in college. And it was like the most tender moment. And he was being so sweet with her. And I was like, man, that's a totally different side of that guy. That little girl, you are hugging a man. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to get some dogs Q and a, cause I promised we would do it. Show's running a little bit long, but it was a huge recruiting weekend. So it's justified. I believe. Well we don't need to worry about him tonight. We're going to run through you, these really quick. Whoever, whoever wants to get to it, get to it. Just when one you got a four-year-old and an eight-year-old, vacation is just a different kind of work. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more manual labor. I, I've carried stuff to and from the beach this week, including a gallon jug. Uh, I've been, carrying, I've been carrying Palmer all week, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Palmer's been carrying us. I don't know what you're talking about. Fletcher Proctor asks, have there been any position changes this offseason that we should be aware of? Not that Jaylen I know. Walker, Jalen Walker sticking at inside linebacker. Yeah, basically, yeah, from kind of from outside to inside, that's probably you know one of the one of the more notable deals. And, and obviously, if you watched spring practice and kept up with that Bullard moving from star to safety, mm-hmm. yeah, that's another one. Mike Bobo from analyst to offensive coordinator. There you go. Yeah, in case he you did didn't hear, <laughs> Mark Mathis says. Jalen Carter could change offensive game plans by himself. How does Georgia mitigate the loss of such a big disruptor? Mitigate. Well, well, chosen. Word. Well, um, I'm going to say I'm going to say by throwing bodies at it and fresh bodies and deep bodies. Uh, you got a number of guys who are able to fill in that role, and I think you're going to rotate them out situationally. So, uh, in my opinion, that's how you plan for replacing Jalen Carter but the reality is there is no replacing Jalen Carter I'm sorry give them give them weapons yep <laughs> yeah Michael give Williams them, give them Bowie knives yeah oh, no Palmer's got a good point though you know 
Jalen Carter was a pressure point, and I don't think you necessarily have to have a pressure point at defensive tackle. Um, they didn't have that when they had Roquan Smith, and Roquan Smith was kind of the straw that stirred the drink there too. He was the pressure point because you were like, man, if we don't get a hat on this guy, he's going to wreck the game. Now, Jalen Carter kind of played close enough to the football that you were like, all right, well, we may have to put two hats on this guy to keep him from controlling the game. I think Michael uh, Williams is a guy that can do it. I think Nazir Stackhouse is a guy that can kind of be that pressure point. I also think Javon Bullard, <clears throat> if Georgia uses him the way they use Chris Smith, which is kind of up in the box, let him blitz, let him move around, let him let him jump routes, I think Javon Bullard can be that type of player. And obviously, you know, Georgia's got some studs. At, uh, at inside linebacker. So I think it's kind of a uh, maybe a little bit of a moving target. And I and in no way do I expect it to be better than, than Jalen Carter, but I think Georgia can um, kind of keep – can kind of switch it up and, and not necessarily – not that they do this anyway. It's more of a team defense anyway. But they can move that, that, that you know, kind of pressure point position around and, uh, and force teams to kind of, you know, adjust on the fly. Uh, not knowing where the pressure is going to come from or where they're going to uh, try to attack you because they can create so many different mismatches rather than relying on 88 versus somebody who can't block them. Yep. All right. Um, last one here. Bubby Dean says, will the dogs finally get to College Station when the 24 schedule is released this week? We talked about that last week. I'm going to say yes. Uh, do the dogs get not. Texas or Oklahoma in 24? I will say yes to that too, but I'm going to guess that it's – I'm going to say Texas. I'm still saying Texas. And then and, are and the future you, home and homes with UCLA, Florida State, Ohio State on the chopping block? I think if I've learned anything about scheduling down the road when it comes to college football is that none of these things really matter because they are all uh, on the chopping block at any given moment, let alone – when college football is expanding in the craziest way it ever has. Uh, I, I quick dog say, stocks. I'm going to say stock up on Jim Nance. Not a dog's thing, but that call at the Canadian Open today was awesome. Didn't see it. 72-foot eagle putt from Ooh. a Canadian man to win the Canadian Open. And then Adam Hadwin tries to come spray him and get speared. Uh, yeah. Another golfer gets tackled by security trying to celebrate. So well, welcome to the new PGA Tour. <laughs> Live. What in the world? <laughs> uh, I'll go stock up on Georgia's um, graphics team, and I've, I've really enjoyed I, – I think – and, and I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's a new thing uh, or relatively new, but their ability to make videos for recruits, um, the uh, – official visit videos, the announcement of those uh, that they're coming beforehand. Uh, those have been a good touch to, to June and, and what's pretty slow time, uh, you know, on the team side of things, but, but chaotic on the recruiting side, that's been a good touch and, and a great way to keep up with who's going to be in town. Uh, stock up on me having to go next because Jake Rose dropped out of the feed. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to say, um, I, and I mentioned this earlier in the show and I'm going to uh, go back to it. Stock up on Del McGee. I think that uh, Del McGee is riding a wave right now. Um, Dwight Phillips, like I said, not discussed often enough. You flip one of Florida's key commits. And I don't think you can underrate that, man. I mean, you steal a guy that one of your rivals loved and used as a cornerstone for their class. You're able to swoop in. You loved him too. 
and uh, they're able to take him. So, uh, and you're in it with Nate Frazier in a huge way, coming off of an official, an unofficial visit with official visits to come. He makes time for the dogs, and uh, I don't think you can underrate that one. So I'm saying stock up on Del McGee, man. He's got a lot of hell lately uh, on the message boards. People saying, has we lost it? I think that uh, Del McGee's a dude. All right, listen. You have stock up. I'm, you about, have I'm, I'm about to promote something, and I'm only going to promote it because it, is, it has absolutely amazed me. A man by the name of Dan Duffy. I don't know if he reached out to any of you guys about this. Uh, but he reached out to me because he is the owner of a website called The Art of uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, not the Art of Words, artofwords.com, A-R-T of words.com. And he's at, at Real Art of Words on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that stuff. He sent me a print of this this right here. And oh, you I've can't really yeah. Yeah. He did this with handwritten words and numbers. Oh my God. Um this whole story, this whole thing is just handwritten words and numbers. Down here is the score of uh, the Peach Bowl, the national championship game, the date. It is the date, and uh, it is the date and uh, opponent and score of every Georgia uh, with the, all 868 wins since the 1892. And he made that with it. It's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. If you want to go check it out, order a print, whatever. Um, but uh, Dan reached out to me and asked if I wanted to see a print of it. And I'm like, absolutely. And I got it. And I was like, um, I'm just going to do this on the Georgia show uh, because I think this is the best place to do it. So you guys go check it out. Um, he created on April, in April of 2023. Um, I cannot imagine how long that took. I can't hand out a grocery list without getting a cramp. It gives me anxiety, man. Yeah, me, it does me too. Um, it, it gives me anxiety to know somebody out there is just that much more talented than me than Ooh. me at anything. And I've accepted that in my life. Yeah. I can't believe someone's still handwriting. It gives me anxiety because it just reminds me I have zero except for just running <laughs> my mouth and drinking a lot of beverages. Uh, but um, uh, incredible. Daniel Duffy, you are a, a big timer. And uh, again, the website is artofwordsaltogether.com. Go check it out. Set. Low Elo Joe, you've been putting some good comments in here, but don't you dare come in here and trample all over the art of words accomplishment by saying that Chat GPT could do it in a few seconds. Yeah, Chat GPT ain't gonna handwrite that shit for you. I'll tell you that. Chat GPT can't bark like the dogs. Bruce is using bark after dark language on the Georgia show. That's fine. <laughs> it's, it's it's all good. Um Bark After Dark, 9 p.m. on Mondays. The Georgia Show. On hold. Eight. On hold. Not in the month of June, baby. We're off. Yeah, we're on hold for June. Okay. Sometimes, you know. 9 p.m. on Mondays in July. And uh, the Georgia Show, 8.30 p.m. on Wednesday and Sunday. Y'all hit like and subscribe. And get on over to dogshq.com. If you haven't done it already, you should have your tail between your legs. A dollar. Uh, what is the deal? 50% off. For six months and a dollar for three months. Is that right? Uh, yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Half off, 50% off for a year, three months for a dollar. I wanted to hold it. Come on over. <laughs> insane, insane content and access and scoop and all that stuff. Get on over to dogshq.com. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday.